Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted today? Today I wanted to talk to you about financially ignorant children. Probably take a couple podcasts actually to talk about this particular topic because it is one of the reasons why kids are staying at home until they're around the age of 32. And that's not just a North American, North American, sorry, statistic. That is a phenomenon that is happening across the world. Now, some world countries some countries in the world, I mean, do believe in having your children stay close and families upon families live together. And that's a totally different philosophy than what we're talking about here. Um, In North America and a lot of developed countries, you do think that your child will leave home at some point. And you really do think that they're going to leave home way before they're 32. And one of the reasons that they're citing that kids aren't leaving home or are leaving home and coming back and staying till they're around 32 is finances. So that's why I said we should talk about financially ignorant children. I talked in my last podcast about the fact that if we raise entitled kids, they're not going to be able to go out in the world and be successful because they're not going to actually know how to be successful because you've given them so much and you've had them feel so entitled as, as though they're deserving of so much. They don't necessarily know how to take responsibility or work towards what they need or want. So the first podcast on financially ignorant children is going to start with funny money mindsets. So funny money, I just like the way that sounds, mindsets. So you want to raise successful children, right? And you want to make sure that they have a really healthy perspective on what money is and what money isn't. See if some of these statements that I'm going to say resonate with you at all. Perhaps you heard them when you were a child and they're part of how you feel about money now or perhaps you say them to your children. I think the funniest thing actually is sometimes I say something to my son um, or daughter and partner or whoever I say things to and it's almost like I have to like retract it out of my mouth because I'm like, oh my God, I just sounded like my mom or I just sounded like my dad. So it's kind of funny sometimes. So maybe there's sometimes you find that. Now, as I've been as I've begun, sorry, to live a lot more consciously, I do find that I don't do that as often because I'm more conscious of what I'm saying. But certainly I've said some of these financial funny money mindsets um, to my kids when I wasn't as conscious as I am now. So anyways, let's go through this list and see if there's any that you may say. Money is the root of all evil. Okay, funny money mindset, 
Why? Because saying money is the root of all evil implies that wanting money or attaining money will make one bad. Money doesn't grow on trees. This implies that money is scarce. Anytime we think something is scarce, how do you think we act or react? Think about it for a minute. We act and react when something is scarce, like there's not enough, which is what scarce means, and so therefore we needed it all in that moment, or we have to take it from other people, or there's like a competition to get it because something is scarce. So as soon as we say money doesn't grow on trees, we're saying there's really not enough money in the world for us all to live. So let's treat each other in not the best way because money is scarce. People only get rich by doing bad things or it's inherited. Okay, <laughs> saying that, again, is implying that money has some evil connotation to it, and that through working hard, you can obtain more. I have talked in past podcasts, I think there is actually one specifically called Growth Versus Fixed Mindset. So check that one out if you haven't already. But I do mention this concept, Growth for growth versus fixed mindset quite a few times. And so I'll just give you an analogy if you haven't heard me say that before. Basically, you have a flower, it's in a pot. If the flower in the pot is not growing, you will look more often than not if you have a growth mindset and what you can do to change it. Does it need more water, food, sun? What's it not getting from its environment? If you have a fixed mindset, you'll say, oh, well, that flower will never grow. I'm not going to bother looking at the conditions around it. And so what happens here is that if you say money can only get, beget, begotten, money can only be obtained. I think that's better English. Um, if it's inherited, then that means that that's a fixed mindset. So therefore, if you aren't uh, rich or you don't have rich parents or somebody that you're going to inherit from, you are never going to have a lot of money. Okay, so that's what that mindset implies. Oh, they come from money. Sorry, mom, I hate to sell you out on my podcast, but uh, I used to hear that one a lot. And so it almost differentiated us from them. And I won't say almost, it totally did, right? Oh, they have money. So therefore, they're in a different class or we're putting some sort of judgment on them. So we're differentiating ourselves from those with money, which again is going to put us in a different mindset. Perhaps the mindset that isn't growth, right? It's fixed. Well, if somebody comes from money, therefore they act a certain way and we don't come from money. So we don't know how to act to get money. We've never been rich and we will never be rich. So this implies you need money to make money. Well, I beg to differ with you there because look at how many famous people have started from nothing and made millions or, you know, made good livings anyway. Another one is you can't get rich doing what you love. So I need to share with you that I grew up in a household where I was encouraged strongly suggested to get a Monday to Friday nine to five job. And I had that for years. Um, I did a social work degree, then I did a teaching degree. So I followed the right path, high school and then university. 
came out with two degrees and went right into teaching. And I taught for a school board that was, of course, Monday to Friday, government job, summers off, the whole shebang rose pretty quickly in terms of status and and classrooms I got to choose to teach in and subjects, as well as even got programs that had their own budgets, which is pretty unheard of for a teacher. Had my own laptop, my own cell phone as a teacher. So I had a pretty sweet teacher life, I would suggest to you. And, and, and I did love it. I loved every aspect of it. However, when I did move from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, to Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada, there wasn't plentiful job opportunities for teachers. And what was going to have to happen is I was going to have to travel uh, between a couple different school districts. So I would suggest to you an hour one way, an hour the other way, and an hour the other way. So three different school districts, a minimum of an hour, wouldn't know where I was going to be either of the days or any of the days of the week. Um, And my son, who was just four months, was going to have to be on this wackadoodle schedule with me too, after just having moved over five provinces. And so I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do that at this point. And I started my own business. And I have looked back many times in relation to thinking, well, maybe I should have the Monday to Friday nine to five job. Well, if you remember what I've said about shoulds, they're kind of like shits and we don't want to have them. So I don't believe in the shoulds, but my family does. And I love you to pieces, mom, but I still hear fear in her voice when she talks to me about working for myself and, you know, would I consider getting a job? And I would suggest to you quite a few people, actually, not just mom or my mom, um, suggest that same thing. You cannot really create a job or create something you love and get paid for it. And I have to, to, I have to argue with that fact now. Um, I am teaching my kids that there are tons of opportunities out there. So there is the opportunity to go get a career that you need education for. And if you love it, awesome. And if you don't, create something. My son is also doing podcasts, if you want to check him out, The Teenage Idea. And uh, I'm really hoping that I'm not bringing him up with that mindset that you can't be rich doing what you love, because I think you can. And the people that have created Facebook and Google and Apple and those kind of key things that are getting you my podcast today are all people that did what they love. Another funny money mindset, it takes money to make money. And that kind of goes with some of the other ones that we've said, which implies if you don't have money, then you aren't going to have the opportunity to become wealthy. I don't understand money well enough to get rich. So it's like they're thinking there's a certain mindset around money that only happens if you have it already. And it really puts a limit on what you can learn and is really that fixed mindset. Financial security comes from having a good job and a steady paycheck. So I've alluded to this already, um, or maybe stated it directly, that that's really what I think my mom wishes I had, was my government teaching job back that was, you know, a good job and had a steady paycheck. But it implies that you're limiting your career opportunities, and you have to fit into this definition of what career, or sorry, what financial and career security is. If you're rich in love, happiness, and health, you don't need money. Well, that implies that money isn't a necessity. And for anybody that says that, I'm not sure what planning they're living in, uh, because I would suggest you most 
of our planet <laughs> uses money as currency. So it is a necessity. And my favorite from my childhood is we can't afford that. And I have to tell you that I was using that with my kids until I started becoming more financially uh, aware and money, funny money mindset conscious. Um, I would say that to my children. And again, through saying we can't afford that, we're putting that scarcity mindset on money and limitations to our kids on what they can achieve. And so I've erased a couple things from that type of sentence. I've erased can't, which if you go to my lens podcast, you'll see more about why. But basically, as soon as you say can't, your whole being is going to stop trying for that particular thing because you're using the word can't. It's a limiting word. And as soon as you imply it to something that you actually need, then you're setting up the scarcity. Um, mindset, which we'll go over a little bit more too. So why are these judgments that I just said to you? Um, money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. People only get by, sorry, people only get rich by doing bad things or it's inherited. Oh, they come from money. We've never been rich and we will never be rich. You can't get rich doing what you love. It takes money to make money. I don't understand money well enough to get rich. Financial security comes from having a good job and a steady paycheck. If you're rich in love, health, and happiness, you don't need money. Or my favorite, we can't afford that. (laughs) Those statements aren't right or wrong. And again, I have a podcast on being right or wrong or being different. However, they do carry a judgment about money as indicated by what I've explained to you after I've said each one. These judgments are not great for a prosperous, success-ready money mindset. If you're telling your child continuously, we can't afford that or money doesn't grow on trees, and you're living as though money is scarce, then you're setting your child up to believe that there is only so much money to be had. A lot of those statements actually lead to that scarcity mindset. This can lead a child to not wanting to share their money, This mindset might cause a child to think that in order to obtain money, it must be taken from somewhere. Think about that for a second. How many places are there around the world where there's this high crime rate because there's such a discrepancy between economic backgrounds? I'm sorry to the United States and my listeners there, but there is a huge difference between the haves and the have-nots or those with money and those without So much so that you can be somewhere like Florida and you can be driving and there's beautiful homes and they're around a security gate and literally two blocks over, it's like what we envision as Compton, (laughs) like the lowered cars and the laundry hanging out and and the kids sort of all hanging out and not having enough food and and that actually exists. And so those kids, if they're being told, we can't have that, we can't have that, why wouldn't they want to go the two blocks over and, and take what they want to have or what they need to have, they feel to survive. Um, Okay, so that was a little offside. Well, it wasn't offside, but it was a little bit more that I wanted to get into in that moment. (laughs) So what does a scarcity mindset do? It can lead our children to believe that there isn't enough money to be had, not wanting to share their money. It might cause them to think that they have to take it, which was just when I went off there. Um, Also, it can have a child think that money must be sent right away, spent, sorry, right away, because who knows when it will come again. 
So a scarcity mindset can lead to all of these, and they're all unhealthy thoughts and habits in relation to money. When a child doesn't want to share their money, they'll grow up with a competitive sense about money and truly think there isn't enough to go around. So where would the charities be of this world if we had that mindset? People with this mindset may also want to take from those who have only a limited supply of it, or sorry, because they think there's only a limited supply of it. We see this in countries like I highlighted when I went off just before about people that have or places that have a large rich population and a large poor population. Why? Because the poor class have nothing to lose if money can only be attained in this way. Think about that for a minute, right? They are thinking, well, I need this or I want this and I see other people having it. Well, if I can't get it any other way because it's scarce, I have nothing to lose if I go and try and get it that way. Then there will be the child who won't spend money unless it's absolutely necessary. And they'll go without because of fear of not having money again. So even with money in the bank, they're fearful that this money is all there is. And because we actually have to spend money to live, day-to-day existence for these kinds of people is full of fear. And I see that so often actually. Um in myself before I was conscious. So I think I've shared with you guys in the past, or maybe even in this podcast, that I moved from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, to Nanaimo, Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. And uh, that's five provinces difference. And Canada is quite large geographically. So it is not just a hop, skip and a jump. It's, you know, a significant move. Anyways, I moved and in my closet in Toronto, I had um, all of these gifts that I was given, gorgeous, beautiful gifts. And because I had a scarcity mindset, I wasn't sure when I would get those things again. And it was so sad because when I moved, we were really only taking necessities five provinces over to move five provinces over. And so I actually gave away most of that closet of stuff because I couldn't pack it to bring and it wasn't going to throw it in the garbage. So these things, these things that I've been holding on to because money was scarce in my mind and because money was so scarce to me that, you know, when I spent it even on normal things that you have to spend money on every day, I would actually be caused stressed. Well, that's not really a good way to live. On the flip side, a child who thinks that money must be spent right away because money is scarce, they won't grow up learning how to save. So it's actually the opposite end of the extreme from what I just described for myself. But I've honestly seen that too. And interestingly enough, you can see it sometimes in family members. So sometimes if you've heard that people say, um, oh, how can siblings be so different? Didn't they grow up in the same house? Well, yeah, of course they did. But this is an example. You could have a money mindset, scarcity mindset where you've grown up. And a flip side to that, somebody thinking it's scarce and therefore holding on to it, is somebody thinking it's so scarce that they just spend it all. (laughs) And they're going to live in highs and lows with money. When you have it, you spend it all. Then what happens is you prove yourself right because you don't have it and you go into this dip. So yes, as a parent, you really need to think about how you treat money and how you talk about money because it's going to form your child's relationship with money. You want them to have a good money mindset, not a funny money mindset. 
And as actions speak louder than words, make sure your actions are congruent with your words. So in our next podcast, we'll give you some solutions to this. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.